Welcome to the Metro Church Podcast. We hope you will be blessed by this message. For more information about Metro Church, visit our website at metrochurch.org.au. Now, Bruce, tonight I wanted to chat to you because you are our pastor in charge of serving here at Metro. Yeah. And you probably a better place than anybody I know because you've been doing this for how many years, running EFM? Around about 15 years. Really? Yeah. 15 years. Yeah. Wow, give him a hand. That's a long time. Uh, have I been your boss for 15 years? And some. Oh, my goodness gracious. Well, then you will easily just skate right through to heaven because the Lord will say you've already been through enough trouble uh, for sure. But, um, Bruce, one of the things that really trips people up, and we've been covering a few of them, when it comes to walking into the fullness of God, what God has for you, you know, the first Sunday night of January, I spoke about disappointment and about how so many people just get stuck because of something that didn't go right. The next Sunday night was about offences and about how we can get jealous of someone else or we can get ticked off, as we say in Australia, with what someone did or didn't do. And so that can really paralyse people and prevent them going forward. Last Sunday night, I spoke on hesitancy. Just that thing that makes us second-guess ourselves and go, maybe, and what if. And tonight, I started chatting to you about one that I think is as big as all of those put together. It's the subject of ignorance. I'll never forget hearing Dr. Robbie Sondringer say years ago this thing. He said, if you don't know the purpose of something, you will always abuse it. And then he expounded on that and talked about our gifts. If you don't know what your gifts are, you'll always misuse them. If you don't know what relationships are actually about, you'll end up misusing them. Never forgotten that. And it goes to uh, obviously what we're talking about tonight, that if I don't know what I'm on the planet for, then it's so easy to just fritter away my life on all kinds of stuff because I'm never sure what my target is. And, it, and if you don't know your target, how can you possibly hit it? So I wanted to chat to you. We've got a couple of scriptures and things we're going to share with people of the Word, but um, I'm really looking forward to digging a bit deeper into Pastor Bruce Grant and finding out some of the way you tick and the way you think and some of the things you've learned over the years. Let me start off with, I think, what's a foundation scripture. It certainly changed my life years ago. Is 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 9. It says this, that he has saved us and called us. Saved us and called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his purpose and grace. In other words, there is something you're a part of that's bigger than you, bigger than your preferences, bigger than what you think your experience is. And I want to jump right in here. This is a bit out of order here, but you went to Peru two years ago? Yeah, well, July last year. So oh, okay. Sorry, July. Yeah, 18 months. 18 months ago. Yeah. There you go. Uh, and you went to Peru with One Nation One Day. Yeah. Now, they contacted you prior to you going and ask you to do something they'd never ask anybody outside of their team to do. In actual fact, before that, uh-huh. they put out the call for people who had experience or who had a heart for working with those that had been abused. And if that was you, 
contact us. So I actually reached out in response to the prompting from the Holy Spirit. Wow. And so they had thousands of people. How many people went to Peru for that? 10,000. 10,000. So out of the 10,000, there was 1,000 people and they just drew a number out of the hat and it was Bruce Grant. No. No. Okay. <laughs> I remember the dialogue because you came and talked to me about the conversations you were having with Jed and with some of the team there like that. Yeah. And you ended up going to Quitos? Iquitos. Yeah. Iquitos. Yeah. The mouth of the Amazon. Yeah. And running the seminar for how many people? Uh, it was up to 500. Wow. 500 and mostly women as well, which is just bizarre when you think about it, but. Here's this guy from Australia running a women's conference. Uh, but unfortunately, they're the most common victims of domestic abuse and violence. So that was your particular subject that you started helping these people with, was sexual abuse or domestic violence and stuff like that. And I wanted to ask you about this because right at the start, because the scripture says he saved us and called us. But half the time, most of us, I want to say it this way because we joke about how you and I are doing this because we're the most ignorant people that, you know, we're the ones who qualify the best. But the reality is that we're all ignorant. None of us know really what we're capable of. Isn't that so? Yeah. And you stepped in to do this thing at Equitos. Did you go like, yes, I've got this. I know how to do this. I've run seminars like this lots of times before. I'll be right. Not at all. And I mean... When I hear the word ignorance, and if you hear it described, you can feel quite affronted by that. And so I put the other spin on it. Ignorance is just not knowing. Yeah, right. It's just stuff that I don't know. So what didn't you know before you went to Aquila? Uh, pretty much all of that. All right. I mean, it was trailblazing for One Nation One Day to have a unique workshop like that and to have a specific team uh, that was created, which they did, um, and to hand that over and to have a special ministry because normally it's about going out to the community and sharing the, sharing the gospel, doing some great works, having uh, massive rallies at the end of the week, getting a whole bunch of people saved and connected to Jesus. So this was kind of like very different for them so it was new for them and of course new for me as well but there are there are breadcrumbs in our lives that God places there and all we need to do is follow those breadcrumbs wow wow breadcrumbs you mean like little traces of yeah little, little, little things where you're just like well it's optional you know we can pick up that breadcrumb or just keep on walking by right. and if you pick up one it'll lead you to the next which will lead you to the next and so none of us have got this sorted out and so when i responded to that appeal i said look i don't know what you guys have got planned and i don't think they did either at that point uh but <laughs> i said did they give you a curriculum no oh, okay no right. um you know, but I just said yes to it. And then as the dialogue went on over the months, basically it was like, well, would you be able to create a workshop for the whole week? And would you be able to create some content for the seminar? And would you be able to create some resources that we can give to other pastors and leaders throughout the entire nation of Peru? And my posture was, yes, yes, yes. I just want to go for the next breadcrumb and the next and the wow. next. And who knows how it's, who it's going to lead to. That's so good. Can I ask you, because you told me that later on you found that Aquidos was the number one place for that kind of yeah. abuse? Globally, um, Peru, unfortunately, has the stats of the highest levels of domestic abuse in the world. Wow. And the city that I went to, Iquitos, has the highest rates within that particular country. Wow. And then I got to go to a primary school uh, on the very first day of the mission outreach, and that had the worst domestic uh, abuse rates within Iquitos itself. So I went to the worst school in the worst city in the worst nation in the world. Don't you find that 
a bit of a, a spin. You, you, you were born here in Perth and grew up in little old Perth and you're going to the complete opposite side of the world to, some, to teach people about something. Don't yeah. you find that? I just didn't know I couldn't, so I did. <laughs> <laughs> so everyone's called, but everyone's ignorant. If I can say that nicely, there isn't one of us, myself included. My wife and I were talking about some things this week and I'm saying, well, I don't know. I don't know what that's going to look like. I don't know how that'll work out. So trust is such an important part of every Christian's toolbox, isn't it? Absolutely. Yeah. You know. And when you find yourself in the midst of that, it's still trusting all the time. Like I had several experiences while I was there, so it wasn't just getting me there. I was like, God, well, you've, you've led me here. This is what you want, and I'm just trusting in you. Like one of the trips they sent me on, uh, I'm on this little canoe uh, on the Amazon River, and it's a little canoe. So I'm basically I'm in the canoe, and the water level is basically up to here. So like it's right there. And like I don't know what's in the river here. And like you've heard about you know, piranhas and, whatever, and all sorts of, I don't know, boa constrictors and all sorts of things. But it's like, well, God, you led me here, and I'm just going to trust in you. Wow. I think that's just really, I don't want to keep going wow on it, but I, I find the whole adventure of Christ. You know, I was talking to Sarah Janet earlier, and here is this woman who's been a very well-known opera singer and is quite known in opera circles. And then this idea comes to her about Jesus' blood, which was a song written in England. And the whole thing turns into this, Quite incredible. You were a part of that. Uh, quite incredible evening where the whole of Perth in the CBD stopped. Yeah. And people were singing about the blood of Jesus has never failed. It was awesome. You, you couldn't predict this stuff, could you, no. or, or make it up. And yet I find every believer that I know of, no matter what their background is, there is a touch of the divine in every one of us. We're all called. And every one of us, God wants to use. Some of us, there'll be things like Aquitas or like Jesus' blood that will become known. But I also know there's been so many people that have come to me over the years and said, you said this or this happened. And I had no idea at the time that it had any impact at all. And yet, God uses so we've got to trust God with the outcomes and not work according to our result sheet. I'll only do it if I can see some kind of, you know, outcome. I mean, yes, text, you, you develop that. Yeah. And, and at the beginning, nobody had ever done it. We kind of pinched a little bit of an idea from one nation one day. Did you think Yes Text was going to take off like it has? Not at all. It was like, well, let's, let's try this and if a few people get a benefit out of it, that's fantastic. <laughs> uh, and here we are, as you said, almost three years later wow. and hundreds and hundreds of people. And in all of that time frame, there's probably four times people have said, not interested, take me off the list. Wow. The rest just continue on. Wow. You were telling me just before the service about somebody who walked past the building this is in the last month or so, is it? Yeah. And walked past. It sounded a little bit strange, but 
you know, God's calling sometimes is a little bit strange. Tell everyone about that. They, they weren't necessarily looking for a church, but they were walking past the building and realised that it was a church. And their words to me, it doesn't look like this is boring, so I think I'll check it out. <laughs> and they came in and I said, did you think it was boring? And he said, not at all, not at all. Um, and he responded to yes text. And now he looks forward to it every single day. And he says, it's slow helping me every single day. Wow. That is remarkable. Yeah. All these things, I, I really want everyone that's a part of the service, wherever you are, to have an expectation of God moving in your life, mm. for miracles to take place. I believe that, like it says, he saved us and called us not according to our works. So it's not how good I am. I mean, do you feel adequate most of the time or...? Sometimes, but mostly not. Um, and, you, you know, you've spoken about an area that I have the privilege of leading is helping people discover who they are. But even then, it's great to know what's inside of you, but we still need to not make sure that we limit God by that. Wow. Because otherwise, you won't do things like Peru. I mean, it was Peru was for me, but there's other things in every single person's life where if you fall back on the, what you know about yourself and what you think you can do, you will so restrict God and so limit wow. him. But he's way beyond that. Knowledge is incredible. Uh, he doesn't want us to be ignorant, but he also wants us to respond in faith. That's one of the reasons why we do do things like the personality profiles, which help people discover who they are, and spiritual gifts questionnaire. But we also bring in the prophetic team. Yeah. And I know that for some people that might go, what is that? Well, the scripture talks about the gift of prophecy and about prophesying. And it's not, uh, it, it's for exhortation, encouragement, for build, edification, for building up. And we bring in the team and they prophesy. And I know from some of the stories I've heard back of people going, wow, that unlocked their life. Mm. And that's a part of what you do in EFM, isn't it? It is. And the Holy Spirit just seals that. And the team that come in, they have not been a part of the previous couple of sessions that we've had. So they just walk in cold, as it were, uh, but of course, you know, unctioned by the Holy Spirit. And they talk about the things that this person, every single person has been going through and self-discovering. And so it just wraps up the whole thing and puts God's seal on it. That's what I love about it is it's not just a you know, uh, one of those kind of personality questionnaire things and, you know, they give you a whole lot of stuff. It's actually interacting with the Holy Spirit to say, if you put me in the body like you preached this morning, if you put me in the body, then you know where I'm meant to be and you know what I'm meant to do, yeah. even if I don't. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Yep. Well, so many people, uh, I think, uh, know what they're saved from. And they know what they're saved to, but they have no idea what they're saved for. Mm -hmm. And that's a big part of the whole discovery thing, isn't it? Yeah, and I've got a great verse that I want to share um, that speaks about that. So if we can have that up, thanks, guys. This is Jeremiah uh, chapter 29 and verse 11, which says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. And... There's no brackets in there that's only for Jeff or it's only for Bruce or it's only for Mark. That scripture is for every single one of us. 
regardless of what it is we get to do. God has plans for us. He's created us from the very beginning. There's things that he wants us to do. Some of it is absolute stepping out of faith and just saying yes. Other things are the ways that he's created us. He's placed um, special giftings and abilities inside every single one of us, and he wants us to operate out of those. He hasn't put them there just for fun. He's put them there for a strategic uh, reason and for a purpose. But then we also need to exercise faith with those. I'm a very logical, analytical kind of a guy, and so I love learning stuff like that, surprisingly. But I also know I've got to mix it with faith. Yeah, right. You know, I'm a spiritual being. I'm not just a physical being. Let me ask you about that because, you know, when we start talking about God and he shows us, etc., when, before you went to Aquitos, did you have a vision in the night or something? I'm, I'm asking this seriously because many people think that if God wants you to do something, he'll shout or you'll hear the sound of thunder or visitation of angels, but it's actually most not like that. No, not at all. I mean, we sent a team and we had a standard team that went to Peru with One Nation One Day. Um, we thought we were going to have a, a huge big team from Metro Church. Um, that didn't happen on this particular occasion, so we joined with Adelaide. Um, and in the early days of the planning of that trip, I felt I wanted to be a part of it like I was two years prior in Nicaragua. And then when it worked out that we weren't going to be having a team, I didn't feel to go as a pastor. I could have done that. They've got special ministry streams to go as a pastor and I didn't feel to go to do that um, so I just said to the team look we're going to join with Edge if you well, like when to join you said you, you didn't feel to do that sorry for mm. jumping in here but I want to ask you this you you didn't feel to what I mean was it like were you laying there at night and you know no my son I'm asking yeah. that because seriously I think the biggest when it comes to ignorance most people I find stumble because they go how do I know it's God? Mm. So when you say yeah. you didn't feel it, there, there was a desire to go with a, t- a whole team from Metro and to lead that team. But then when that wasn't going to happen, that desire fell away. And even though I knew there could be the option of going as a pastor and they would have absolutely taken me, that desire just wasn't there. Wow. It's as simple as that desire. But then when um, I saw that live YouTube conference uh, where they spoke about abuse, that spoke to me. And for me, uh, God gets my heart racing. Wow. Um, and then it was closely followed by tears because of the, the subject's content. Mm-hmm. Um, so two big signs for me. But I know it's different for different people. Yeah. I think it's important that we don't stick God in a box too and say, well, God, if you did it that way last time, I'm going to expect you to do it that way the next time. I love this passage. It's in Acts chapter 16. And I want to ask you about after you've said yes. Because again, ignorance. A lot of times people get told, you know what, if, if God's in it, it'll be amazing. If God's in it, it'll be easy. You know, I've heard pastors preach like that. If the Lord, if you're in the Lord's will, you'll be, they make it sound like you're floating on a magic carpet. And everything's just so sweet and easy. But listen to this. This is Acts 16, verse 6. Now, when they'd gone through Phrygia and the region of Galatia, they were forbidden by the Holy Spirit to preach the word in Asia. After they'd come to Mysia, they tried to go into Bithynia, but the Spirit didn't permit them. Didn't tell them everything. Just said no, like you said there. So passing by Mysia, they came down to Troas, and a vision appeared to Paul in the night. And a man of Macedonia stood and pleaded with him, saying, Come over to Macedonia and help us. 
Now, after he had seen the vision, immediately we sought to go to Macedonia, concluding that the Lord had called us to preach the gospel to these people. And so off he goes. And I never, ever looked up Macedonia again in the New Testament. I was shocked when I read this in 2 Corinthians chapter 7. Listen to this verse for those of you who've been taught that if you're in the will of God, look out, it's going to be simple, it's going to be easy. For indeed, when we came to Macedonia, they've had a vision for goodness sake. A man of Macedonia in a vision said, come and help us. They obey the Holy Spirit. They go there. When we came to Macedonia, our bodies had no rest, but we were troubled on every side. Outside were conflicts. Get this, this is the Apostle Paul. Inside were fears. And I think, hold a second here. I thought if God told me to go, it would be accompanied by the Hallelujah Chorus. There would be lots of people cheering us on. There'd be every need met. All the resources would be available. And I'd have total peace. And Paul turns up to this place God sent him to and said, I had nothing but trouble. What do you think about that? <sighs> yeah, well, quite a, quite a few to say yes, followed by the, oh, my goodness. <laughs> But preceding that, when they had their directions changed, it's because they were motion, they, they were moving, yeah. they were making progress. And so God steers moving objects. Yeah. They wouldn't have got that direction. They wouldn't have ended up in Macedonia if they didn't start doing something. So for all of us, we just need to start something and then let God direct us and then let, let him guide us. And then trust him in those help moments, which I had plenty on the trip to Peru really? plus everything else as really? well. Yeah, But I've noticed as well, I've been a pastor of this church for a long time. I've noticed that often when people step up to serve, they'll get involved in a team, they'll become a part of it. And I've watched sometimes, not all the time, but sometimes the difficulty arises. Something goes awry maybe in their job or sometimes it's interpersonal conflict with another believer. They get into a team and all of a sudden go, I don't really like working with that person. Sounds a bit to me like 2 Corinthians 7. What's your advice to somebody who says yes to God and then all of a sudden strikes difficulty? Well, you've said it there. We're saying yes to God. And you've just got to put it back to that focus saying, God, I'm saying yes to you. And as frustrating as it is, as hurtful as it can be sometimes in what other well-meaning people, uh, and I don't know why we've got this concept that, but they're a Christian, so they shouldn't (laughs) dot, dot, dot. And if we've got that, that preface, if we've got that mindset, it probably does hurt even more than it ought to. Mm-hmm. Whereas we could go out into the streets to people that we don't think are following Christ and if they get not nice to us, we'll go on whatever. Yet for some reason we find it harder to cope within the church. But it's getting back to the you've said yes to God mm-hmm. and you're committing to him. Have you ever had to work with anyone? And don't point at me when you answer this, but... <laughs> Have you ever had to work with anyone who thought, oh, Jesus, I need so much more grace because they're a bit of a challenge? Don't look at me when you say that. Do you know what? In my uh, in work, because I'm on staff at, at the church full time now, which is a wonderful blessing, but for many years uh, I was uh, working outside the church environment and 
I, I realised that there was this, uh, this annoying trend that for the previous three jobs that I'd had, there was always at least one person who really ticked me off, who really annoyed me. And I was just like, I can't believe it. There's always one nasty person. They're not nice to me. They don't help me or anything like that. And then I kind of realised maybe it's how I'm responding and maybe I'm meant to grow wow. through this wow. um, and not be so reactive. Yeah. That's a good point because so often, you know, Paul, when he came to Macedonia, he could have jumped out of the will of God, convinced himself, I obviously had had too much pizza that night, I imagined that vision, uh, you know, and, and put himself out of the will of God rather than saying, but God, if you put me here, yeah. then I'm in like coming back to 2 Timothy 1.9, called according to his purpose. And I love the fact that it adds in and grace. So you can't separate the purpose of God from the grace of God. If you try and walk in God's purpose without God's grace, you're always going to come unstuck. There will always be somebody that will offend you or that will reject you or leave you out. There will always be some circumstance that upsets you. I've found that when it comes to the purpose of God, I need to bundle in the grace of God with it or else... I'm just not going to make it through the other side. Mm, absolutely. And it's great for your prayer life. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thanks for that. Appreciate that. Um, listen, we're running out of time here, but I, I feel all the way through this that this conversation you and I are having, there's something bubbling away under the surface with people here and online, like the Holy Spirit is going to unlock some people to move forward. I feel like there's going to be some people who maybe have allowed something to stop them and say, yeah, look, I love Jesus. I just don't love his church. I like Jesus, just not his bride. And I feel like some people are going to get unlocked out of that. Some others who have been stumbling because they're going, but God, why? You, you can park your life for a long while around why. For years I had written up on the wall of my study this statement, it's not how you get into a trial that matters, it's how you get out of it. And so when you get in a trial, don't look at the entrance point, look for the exit of that. God, where do I, what am I supposed to do here and now? And I feel like God is going to really tonight give people some clarity of that for their life. But let me ask you one more thing. Again, when we speak about ignorance... And again, I, I think sometimes it's been preached almost as though you have to be so surrendered, so holy, so together. That's why I ask people like Sarah Janet, the story she will tell you now, I'm, I haven't arrived. I haven't got a perfect, I'm still on the journey. And that's why what you do in helping people discover their destiny is so important because we never really arrive. And so what do you say to someone who goes, but Bruce, not now, I'm too broken. Not now, Bruce, I'm too busy. Bruce, not now, I'm not ready. What, what do you say to them? Hey, look, we're, we're never ready. Uh, we won't be this side of heaven. But we're as ready as we need to be. Well, and all we need to do is take those first steps. But I know that if you repel those opportunities, 
then the next one won't come and the next one won't come, but you've just got to start somewhere. Um, and I was telling someone just during the week uh, about one of the, ver the very first uh, volunteer roles that I got involved in here in the life of this church when I came, and it was putting the words up on the screen uh, for the songs. And, and it was the overhead projectors, the overhead transparencies for those that know what they are. So it was, in one sense, it was an unseen area of ministry, but it was very seen if you got the words the wrong way or you put them on crooked. And I, I just said yes to that. And, I mean, in my heart, I kind of thought that I might do something like this. I didn't know what it was going to look like. But in my mind, I thought I might end up doing something like this. So certainly to be asked to do the words on the, on the screen, that's got nothing to do with what I might end up doing. But you know what? It had everything to do with it because I just said yes. I think that is so important. It's so simple. But you've got to start with a yes. Yeah. You said it right at the beginning about Peru. You just kept saying yes. And that led you eventually to the place where... What was the result, by the way? We should hear about the result. So 500 people at a seminar? Yeah, we, we did that. Uh, we ministered to around about 15,000 people uh, throughout the whole week. That was just that team that we were a part of. Wow. Um, and then we had... You know, those, those 500 people that were there and none of them were there to spectate. They were there because they'd either been victims themselves um, of abuse, physical or sexual, or they wanted to be a part of the solution. Wow. So it was incredible to be a part of something like so that. So you trained them and then they went out and ministered to people and helped people. Huh? Yeah, and the best part of it was it was also networking uh, because I'd got a place on my heart three things. I wanted to uh, impact uh, victims themselves, um, empower others and leave a legacy. And in that workshop, there were all these people that didn't realise that they were doing similar things and so there was that networking right there. You told me about a psychologist yes. who was a part of the team? On, the team, on my team, yeah. Tell everyone that story. I had a lady in my team. Uh, actually, I had a whole team. It was just the funniest thing. I had a whole team of women in my bus, and I was the only guy uh, for the whole week. But, of course, it was min women's ministry, so that kind of made sense except for, for me. Um, and we, we introduced each other on the very first night, and we just went around and what each of you did. And one of the ladies said, oh, look, I'm actually a clinically trained psychologist. Oh, that's nice. And as the week went on, we were just chatting, and she was asking me about, you know, what are we doing here, Bruce? Why are we doing what we're doing? Because uh, many of them had been with One Nation Monday previously in just doing the standard outreach. And I really, uh, again, uh, hearing the Holy Spirit, this lady was telling me about her clinical experience. And I thought, that's interesting, because a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about has a psychological perspective. It's about mindsets. It's about how to deal with your emotions when you're trying to work through abuse. And I thought, she might be able to help me. So I started having conversations with her. And one of the things she said to me was, look, I know what you're saying, but I, I couldn't do that. I'm just a psychologist. <laughs> and I said, well, I'm just a pastor. I'm bringing the spiritual element. Why don't you bring the clinical element? And why don't we do this thing together? And we did. And it just dovetailed absolutely perfectly. Wow. It's amazing how the will of God brings you to the right place at the right time if you start with you, Yes. Um, look, we have to move on, but that time has gone so quick. Are you sure that's right? Um, wow. Wow. Seriously, I, but I want you to pray, Bruce. Again, I've had the feeling all the way through this service that God was going to unlock people who really have never thought, God, you could use me, or have never really ever said to God, I'm actually going to give you permission to do whatever you want to do. Many people know what they're saved from. They know what they're saved to, but they don't know what they're saved for. 
So yeah. over to you. Love to. Let's pray, shall we, whether you're in the building or, or online. Father God, I thank you for tonight. Lord, I thank you for every single person. You're looking down from heaven right now, Jesus, and you are seeing every single one of us. And Lord, you have your hand on all of us. You've placed things inside of every single one of us. You have seeds inside of every single one of us. Lord, I know there are people that they've begun to sense that that germination, the sprouting of the seeds. Some of us have seen those things start to grow and flourish inside of us. Others have felt withered away. Some have felt that they need to protect themselves from the sun, from the wind and the rain. And some of you, you've locked locked yourself away. You've said, I've got to protect what's here because I don't think I'm going to cut it. I don't think I'm going to survive. I don't think I'm going to make it if I allow the elements to come in. Well, some of those elements are from God. And so he wants you to have a level of trust, to trust in him that he will water the seed that he has created and he will tend to the garden and he will help pull away those weeds. It says in scripture, he will pull away those weeds to protect you so that you can flourish, that you can grow in the way that he has destined you to be. And Lord, I thank you that you've placed gifts and abilities inside of every single one of us. Again, not by accident, but you have beautifully, perfectly and amazingly created every single one of us. There are things that you have for all of us, Lord God. Some of us will get to see those things in this life. Some of us won't. But God, I pray that you'll give us all the trust, the courage to say yes to you and then the absolute faith to have you see it come through in our lives. Lord, I pray that you'll help all of us to have the posture, to have the response of yes. Maybe it's a little squeaky yes. Maybe it's a strong yes. Maybe it's a shouting yes. God, I pray that you'll help us all to have that and not just on one occasion. Lord, let it be our standard response. Let it be how we live our lives following you and serving you, Jesus, and loving others and bringing them with us along the way. Thank you for that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. One more thing, Bruce. Um, I mentioned this morning, but I don't remember the date, so pardon me, I'll just ask you, when's the next EFM coming? I don't remember the dates either. It's, it's, it's many weeks away, so we haven't started promoting it yet, uh, but it's going to be in, in Feb. Okay, so we've got one physically in the building for people that can come to that. Yes. And then there's another one online as well. You've already done one of those. Yes, we did one last year, and it was just such a great blessing again to be reaching out and to see the response and what it did in people's lives. Okay. We'll let people know when those dates are coming up. Hey, thank you so much, and thank you for being transparent about your... Uh, well, your journey. I appreciate that. Thank, you. Thank Pastor right. Bruce Grant with you. That's great. Everything starts with a yes. I got married because of a yes. Of course, that's how it works, isn't it? You meet somebody, you fall in love, you say, will you marry me? And hopefully you get a Yes. You have no idea where that's going to lead or what it's going to look like, but you say your yes. Then when you actually get to the wedding service, you get asked again, will you say yes? It's actually an important part of the service. And so I know how powerful it is when someone says yes to Jesus. I often think back to the, I was 19 years young. And I had no idea what saying yes to Jesus would look like. I never dreamt I'd be here. I never dreamt I'd be doing what I was doing or any of those things, not in any detail anyway. And yet my yes opened the door to everything God had. I think it's still the most remarkable thing you can ever say to God. 
God, I'm saying yes to you in a minute. Sarah's going to come back. We're going to sing Miracle Worker and Waymaker. And I'm going to ask if you're in the building or at home, wherever you are, I'm going to invite you to stand with us and to hold your hands out in front of you and say, Jesus, I'm saying yes to you being my miracle worker. I'm excited about this year. I feel like this year is going to be an amazing year for us here at Metro and that God is going to do extraordinary things. I feel like miracles are going to increase and people are going to come to Christ in ever-increasing numbers. But can I tell you, if you haven't given your life to Jesus, that hearing someone else's story, while that may fill your heart with gratitude that that could happen for them, you can hear Sarah's story and say, wow, that's brilliant. But Jesus wants to do it for you. He wants to start something in your life. And it will too start with your yes. None of us here are any different. None of us had some wonderful you know, shortcut. We all started with a yes, and you can as well. If you're in Australia, text Y-E-S, yes, to 0488 826 392. If you're outside of Australia, I know there are people online right now from other parts of the world, wherever you are, if you would like to receive our help and the help that Pastor Bruce mentioned earlier, then go to yes.metrochurch, M-E-T-R-O, church.org, O-R-G.au. We'll send it to you every day. It comes from us. It's not from anyone else. We would love to be a part of your journey with Jesus. And we'll send that to you free every day for 30 days. We don't write and ask you for anything. It's our privilege to be a part of encouraging you to know God. All right? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for every person that's a part of this service. Lord, I know right now I'm speaking to people all around the world, people that maybe have wondered about you, have even hoped that the faith they heard about when they were a child, that it was real and that it was more than a fairy tale, but it was something that would change their life. So God, I pray for those people that right now, Holy Spirit, you are speaking to them. This is not a preacher. This is the Holy Spirit saying, yes, this is for you. And Lord, as they bring their yes to you, their life gets transformed. They are born again by the Holy Spirit. We thank you for that. Lord, I pray for them that their journey forward, their continued yes, will unlock the destiny that you have for them. In Jesus' name, amen. And amen, amen. God bless you. Thank you for your yes.